If you would turn your bulletin to the title of the message of the day is God's world. And uh, you all have a hero? So, to begin with, I want you to uh, use your imagination a little bit here. And I want us to go back and look at And uh, and think about when Jesus was leaving heaven. And the angels will never see him again the way that he was when he comes back. And Jesus, when he left heaven, he came down. He comes down to this earth to save us. There is a Look at that. So, what did he leave behind? I want to look at a little glimpse. So, I hope you have your Bibles with you today because we're not using the screen. And so I want us to go to Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 36. And I think 
But the angels probably left when Jesus left. This is my imagination working. But they love their Savior very much. They love our Savior and their Maker. Um, and in Isaiah 9 7, it says, Jesus can sit upon the throne of David. So that Jesus can sit upon the throne of David. Why? Because he came to be a shepherd. And Ezekiel, let's go to Ezekiel 34. Let's go to Ezekiel 34, 22 through 24. Ezekiel 34, 22 through 24. The time that this was written was uh, David had been dead for over 400 years. You see, here Jesus is David, symbolically. Why this comparison? Well, David is a shepherd. We all know it. David is a shepherd. And Jesus is a shepherd. He's in charge of his father. And Jesus is in charge of his flock. And then he sent, he was sent to uh, check on his brothers. In 1 Samuel 17, 1 uh, to 3, there's the story of David and Goliath. And we're going to be kind of looking at that story here and looking at these parallels and comparisons. So we'll look at here. And uh, so, in the story of David and Goliath, on each, there was kind of two mountains there, and there was a valley between them. And Goliath was the champion. And he said he cannot be defeated. He says, Choose you a man for you. This is Goliath. And he says, Let him come down. Let him come down. I run this planet. Come down. I defy the armies of the God of Israel. And Saul and all Israel were dismayed and greatly afraid. Then David arrives on the scene, and David was motivated by what? I think David was motivated by love. See, mankind was on the battlefield for the Savior. And Satan said, I have you all in lockdown. He felt pretty much in control of the situation. I have you all in lockdown. I have you. I have you drinking. I have you smoking. I have you committed adultery. I have you telling lies. I have you backbiting, gossiping. I have you hating your neighbor. I got you where I want you. I have you doing everything I want you to do. I challenge you, God. There was a man, there was a man, but first he had to become a man to leave heaven. In 1 Samuel 17, 20, David rose up early and left the sheep to the keeper. Jesus, and Jesus here is about to face a giant. And David is about to face a giant. And came to the trench, it says. 
because of love. In 1 Samuel 17, 28, Eliab, uh, David's eldest brother, was angry at David and he came down. He was angry. He says, we don't need you. And when Jesus came down, he was not accepted either. He was not accepted as the Messiah. He was rejected by his own people. In John 1, uh, 10 and 11, and the world received and did not. In 1 Samuel 17, 17, Jesse said to David, his son, Take an ephah of corn and ten loaves of bread. Well, David came with bread. And Jesus, in John 6, 51, says that Jesus came as a living bread. And 40 days, for 40 days, Goliath came down and squared off with Jesus or David, not David, but we're kind of getting this comparison, and we can see these parallels. And so for 40 days, Goliath came down. Jesus lives off the Satan in the wilderness for how long? He overcame Satan by the power of love. Through God, he so loved the world. Through God, he so loved the world. And in 1 Samuel 17, 23 uh, and 26, it says that David heard them. David heard them. What did he say? Did, did, did he really did he really say that? Did he really defy the armies of God? Nobody's doing anything about this. See, Goliath was challenging the armies of Israel. And verse 32 um, says, Thy servant will go and fight. Thy servant will go and fight. Uh, he said, Let no man's heart fail him because of uh, this Do you think David is just thought he was so powerful that he was just going on and to fly off? I don't think so. There was more to it. Because David had a relationship with his God. And he couldn't believe it was just one small giant was defined for living God. It says in Acts 22 and 23, uh, Stephen here was speaking um, about David and Jesus. And he said that David was a man after God's own heart. He had a pure heart. So Saul tells David, here, take my armor. You can go in here. In my office. No, I can't use that. I mean, he did try a lot of this stuff in Congress, but I can't use this on. Um, but only but we can only use God's on. And David knew that. David came before Goliath and said, I come before you in the name of the Lord. David not afraid. And David runs down to the valley. And to Goliath. And he says, uh, 
David runs down to the valley of Goliath. You see, Satan was cast down to the earth. Jesus came down to earth to have a showdown with Satan. David here is representing Jesus to the type of Christ here, and he's going to have this showdown with Satan. So I have a question Who is the giant? Who do you think the giant is in this story? This little guy David or this guy Goliath? Let's see. And then the army of Israel chased after the Philistines and they defeated Goliath. You see, Jesus will fight for us, but his victory will be imputed to us. Not because of how we fought, but how he fought. Christ won on our behalf. So as the armies of Israel chased after the Philistines at that point, it's like Jesus defeating Satan when he died on the cross. And we are now picking up our cross the word, the sword, and we are going out and sharing the word of God as well as that. We're chasing after the ones who unite us with our purpose. In 1 Corinthians 15 22, it says, So in Christ shall all be made alive. And in Romans 5.19 it says, By obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. You see, if I accept Christ as my representative, then his victory belongs to me. His victory belongs to you. When David defeated Goliath, all the army of Israel celebrated the victory. So by the obedience of one, what happens? By the obedience of one, David, by the obedience of one, Jesus. We are here today. Peter's 2.14 says that he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And the next verse says, and deliver them who through fear of death for all their lifetime subject to bondage. At the cross, Jesus got the victory. But we are all, but we are still fighting as if we have not gotten the victory. You hear that? At the cross, Jesus got the victory, but we're not still fighting as if we have not gotten the Before we were born, our sin was healed because Jesus died for all of us. I'm going to share a short little story about a man that couldn't swim. And he fell in the water. And he's thrashing in the water. And he's gasping for air. And he thinks he's dead. But someone says, Stand up. He put his feet down and he stood up. 
We had that in this month. We are doing kind of the same thing sometimes. We're thrashing and gasping for air. And Jesus says, Stand up. I'm right here. They're not going to drown. You see, in Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And in, eight, in the third verse, it says, What the law could not do, uh, in, excuse me, in 8.3, it says, Jesus, not sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, Jesus condemns sin in the flesh. The law is our partner. Again, I'm following that. The law says, don't lie. Oh no, I did it again. And the flesh, the flesh keeps winning. The flesh keeps winning. Flesh and the law are kind of in the way together. And the carnal mind is stronger than the law. But it's a tag team fight. And Jesus stretches forth his hand and tags the law. And Jesus did it through the power of God. Because the law couldn't save us. But before Jesus came, what did they have? They had the law, they had Moses, and they had the sanctuary. And the sanctuary represented all these things that Christ was going to do for us. So they had all the promises. What could the law say? No, the law couldn't say. But when they understood that this lamb was going to be sacrificed outside the courtyard, and the process that was going to happen through the holy place and the most holy place, then they had the promise that was faith with built with faith because they had what the cloud by day and the fire by night over the sanctuary. How many times did God save them, help them, provide for them? It was amazing. So why am I still addicted to my sin? Why are we still addicted to our sin? Could it be that we haven't let Jesus into the room? Possibly. I think so. You see, Jesus defeated my anger at Jesus and many other things at the cross. So I ask you a question. What is your life? What is your life? What's holding you back? Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. And let's look at um, verses 1 to 8. 1 to 8. Philippians 2, 1 to 8. 
And it says in verse 1, if there be any, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or hidden glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each other uh, esteem, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not every man on his let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not wrongly to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And he found, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. You see, in Daniel 9.26, it says that Messiah was cut off, but not for himself. What does a hero do? To give one's life, not to save himself, but to save someone else. So why do we go to church? You ever heard why we go to church? Are we trying to save ourselves? Do we think that coming to church is going to save us? Revelation 12, 11. Our scripture reading today is that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So we overcome Satan when we understand how the Lamb spilled his blood. We overcome by, by what Jesus did at the cross. I claim Jesus' victory in my life. You see, we need to die to self, but we cannot die for ourselves. But we, but we can die for others. When Jesus was talking, when Jesus was talking to a couple of disciples that wanted to follow him, and one said, I need to go bury my father before I can follow you. Well, there's nothing wrong with burying your father. But we tend to put Jesus off. And there's no time to put Jesus off. And so Matthew 27, 42 says, said that, and these were the Pharisees speaking, said he's when he was on the cross, did he save others himself he cannot save? Luke 23, 39, there was one of the male factors that was on the cross beside him. And he said, save yourself if, if thou be the Christ. He said it was hard, was hard at work trying to get Jesus to fail. But Jesus was our Lord. And he stayed, he stayed true to what the Father wanted him to do, and what they both originally planned to do. If you want to overcome, think of all the people who need you to share the love of Jesus. We are to be a hero by allowing Christ 
Holy Spirit to work through us to be so others can see Christ in us. And when they see Christ in us, we're not a hero by ourselves. But when we die to self and born in Christ, we can be that hero. You see, your example might save somebody else's life. Help me, Lord, to be a hero. Help me to be a hero. A hero a hero being a victim and not saving them. So be a hero in your life. Instead of resisting what Jesus did for you, be a hero in your life. You know we do right wrong. What do I mean by that? We're trying to do right, but we're doing wrong. When we start doing right through the power of love, then we will see changes in others. Did you hear that? We will see changes in others when we start allowing Jesus to change our lives. Because we can't change other people. But we can allow God to change us. And when that happens, our witness changes because others see Jesus in us instead of somebody just talking to us. So, in um, John 18 37. Let's go to John 18, 37. John 18, 37. And it says here in 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king, to this end was I born, and to this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of truth, of the truth, heareth my voice. Sorry, I lost my place for a second. So, what is our purpose of being born again? What is our purpose? To bear witness of the truth. That is why we're here. To bear witness of the truth. John 1 12. But as many as received him, to them gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe. So use me as a channel to help someone else. Romans. 22 to 24. Um, let's take a look at Romans chapter 2. That's 22 to 24. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, is thou commit adultery? Thou that adorest idols, and thou commit sacrilege. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, to breaking the law, dishonest thou God. Dishonest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles, 
have we destroyed through our selfishness? Through, because we haven't let Jesus take the lead. And we think we have a better way. We need to love people. That's not really easy sometimes. Especially when you're driving down the road and you think you're doing great and someone else has a different idea and it really makes you mad. <laughs> or someone in the church does something that makes you mad and what do you do? What do you do? You know, quite a while back, my son was telling me that he really just likes me. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I said, I do too. I said, but I've been praying about that. He said, how's that working for you, Dad? I said, well, I only hate about half as many things. But that was a long time. <laughs> so, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. God has recruited you and me to help save the lives. And what we've been talking about here today is <clears throat> all of this is in the boring. In Revelation 18 4, it says, Come out of her, my people, and be not partake of their sins. Have we been talking about that? I didn't use those direct words, but we've been talking about that. Revelation 14 7, Fear God and the glory of him, for the hour of judgment has come. Everything that we do, he says, reflects whether we fear God and his glory. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are days to keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So, I would encourage you to say, Jesus, change me. Not just once, not just twice, but continually, every day in our prayers. Ask Jesus to change it for his work, that we might do his work. Because Jesus was, as Jesus is a hero, he wants to be that hero for us. He wants other people to be able to experience what we are experiencing. So I will close this up. Please stand. Let's sing our closing hymn, number 531. We'll build on the rock. Thank you.